0: Welcome to SBC This Week. I'm Brandon Porter. Laura Erlinson is here with me. And even though you can't see her, trust me, she has her Christmas red on today.
1: Hi, Brandon. I Hello. do. I am heading to a Christmas party today. Very nice. So I'm wearing my, my bright red shirt.
0: Yeah. Tis the season. So, That's
1: right. I only yeah. have one. and This yeah. is it. So this is the one day a year that I can wear this
0: shirt. <laughs> one day, You could at least wear it like one day a week or something. Maybe, December.
1: maybe okay. I'll probably wear it again next week. Yeah.
0: Okay. Okay. Sounds good. How about, uh, we were talking earlier before we pressed record about, uh, Lottie moon. And, and so we are, uh, not only a week, you know, the week of prayer has been happening this week, but uh, both of our churches had special kickoffs. Um, the, that we, first did. Sunday we had Advent.
1: our annual candlelight service Sunday night. It was, mm-hmm. Beautiful. It was great. It was well attended. And we raised, uh, I think $4,200 for lighting, which is, and we'll continue to take up through the month of December. And so we'll probably double that. I would say that was a really good total for the first, the first day. It was very exciting. Yeah.
0: Fantastic. Well, and of course, we we're part of a church replant, and mm-hmm. um, so to really make an emphasis Sunday was new um, in this replant process, and uh, we we took the money that that we raised last year, and we actually doubled that for our goal for this year. So we awesome. uh, we we launched that emphasis, and so we're very excited about that and uh, sharing out the prayer stories, hearing from some missionaries in the service. I mean, it was a it was a That's big deal. Right. Yeah. We did
1: that. We have a couple of missionary families that we have connections with at our church. And uh, both of them sent us personalized videos to play in our service. And so we yeah. had those, and it was just neat to see their faces up on the big screens, and it was very cool.
0: Absolutely. So, all right. Well, we hope, folks, that you had a great Sunday as well, celebrating and uh, kicking off the Lottie Moon Christmas season. And uh, we we look forward to hearing how God is at work through churches. You know, that that's always exciting, Laura, Laura as we get um I guess it'll take us on into January when when churches really start posting how much um, folks gave, and mm-hmm. so that that's always an exciting time to be able to see that and keep up with it. Yep. Yeah.
1: Big goal this year: two hundred million. Yep. Big
0: goal, big goal. Yeah. But God is faithful, so uh, we, we will lean into that. All right. Well, we've got a lot of stories to cover in just a moment. First, though, we want to share a word from our presenting sponsor, Subsplash. If you're a pastor who wants to engage with your congregation and build connections beyond weekend services, Subsplash can help. Subsplash allows your community to access messages, resources, and even give from one place, helping congregations connect in ways you never could have before. Learn more at subsplash.com forward SBC. When you use that link, you'll get a special discount, but you have to use the link. Again, it's subsplash.com forward SBC. All right, Laura, so it's been a busy week as we've had uh, lots of SBC news and also, as we've already mentioned, the week of prayer. We've had lots of um, encouraging week of prayer stories throughout this week.
1: That's right. We've had um, church planning in Zambia. We've had um, a story about partnerships between uh, two churches in Jacksonville, Florida, and uh, some people in a people group in North Africa.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We
1: had a story uh, that was kind of different about a couple in Osaka, Japan, that uses virtual reality to connect yeah. with people. And yeah. then they end up connecting with those people in real life. Mm-hmm. And that was really cool. They, they These two, uh, husband and wife, actually met each other they online, did. like in How a virtual… That? Uh, world and so it was just really an interesting story Mm -hmm. and i think my favorite so far this week though has been a story about um research Mm. we have a story from imb about something called project 3000 okay that is a a concerted effort to really uh seek out and connect with the 3000 or so a little over 3000 Mm -hmm. unreached unengaged people groups And uh, uh, Vice President, IMB Vice President John Brady said, we're going to the deepest part of lostness, the place where nobody is looking for these folks to be able to make sure they have the opportunity to hear the good news. So it was just a really interesting story. Uh, The IMB uh, conducts research uh, at just the highest levels. I mean, it's kind of mind blowing Uh uh, the sort of cloak and dagger kind of stuff that goes on just reaching these very difficult places and people that have a special calling to do that, uh, to go where there is nothing, there is no influence from the outside world and try to figure out where these people live. And so that was my, I think my favorite story from the week. Really neat.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, if you ever find yourself at a point where you wonder who could I pray for today? Yes. Yes. Pray for the folks who are uh, pursuing those who have not been reached, and specifically uh, those involved in Project 3000 through the IMB.
1: Yeah, very yeah. cool.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Check, check out that story. Yeah, very good. So and I, I'll definitely, before we move on, I'll, I'll say that I, I took that that virtual reality story out of Japan and set set down my teenage children um, who are, uh, one's more of a gamer than the other, but uh, we, we definitely talked through that and talked about how to be intentional when you have the headset on and you're... Talking to friends, others who are playing along with you on on video games, things like that. So, so wow, um, well, that's yep, neat. Yep, okay. it was fun. That was. Neat. I don't.
1: I've never done virtual reality. Really, I've never experienced it.
0: Yeah, we, we don't do virtual reality, but we do okay. video games. Yeah, you know? gaming. Okay. So yeah, gotcha. yeah. So, all right. Well, let's talk about uh, CP. We had a report come out this week. The November National Cooperative Program giving was slightly ahead of November last year. But we're still 5.74 percent below budget um, after the first two months of this new fiscal year. And then, Laura, something that we had been working on and, and waiting until all the state convention meetings and stories had happened. And, and then we mm-hmm. wanted to come back with this uh, roundup uh, that, that highlighted the sexual abuse reform that's going on on the state convention level.
1: Yeah, we had a um, we we've done this the last several years mm-hmm. as more and more states are. Um, forming task forces to about dealing with sexual abuse or preventing it and and caring for survivors. And so this is maybe the fourth year in a row or at least the third year in a row that we've Uh run a story um, sort of overview of what the states are doing Uh uh, in this regard. And so this year's story kind of takes more of a a targeted focus, I guess you would say on Mississippi Yeah, and talks to Brad Eubank who is not only the chairman of the task force there in Mississippi, but is also on the SPC's uh, abuse right. uh, reform task force, and he spoke uh, pretty in depth with uh, Baptist Press about what's going on in Mississippi. And he's very encouraged, very excited that these churches are really buying in. He said, every time I talk to pastors, they believe that that we need to to do this. He yeah. said we're we're he called it a watershed moment in the yeah. convention. We're, we're putting concrete things, very practical ideas and things for them to do in their hands. And they're doing it. They are, they want these resources. Um, this in 2024 in Mississippi, they'll be doing trainings in all uh, kind of all around the state in every association in Mississippi, wow. they're going to host a training for churches of every size, small, most Southern Baptist churches are small or kind of medium size. Mm-hmm. So every church can, can, customize this material for their context. And it's just really exciting. So the story talks a lot about Mississippi, but also kind of gives more of an overview of what some other states are doing. And uh, it's really, it's encouraging.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Very much so. Uh, Then just a day or so later, uh, we had the ARITF gave an update And um, they said that the Ministry Check website will soon be the central hub for all Southern Baptist abuse reform updates, past and present, so that they're bringing all the resources into one uh, location on the web. And we also heard from Brad Eubank in that story. Mm -hmm. um, Very encouraged to see all of those resources that have been developed over the the past few years come together in one central place so that folks can access those. Um, and then they they continue to do their work to develop. Uh, that ministry check website with other with new resources uh, that they're, they're working through uh, the, the database and, and things that, that have been talked about at the last couple of annual meetings and then been carried forward through the work of the task force. And um, so uh, you can read that story at Baptist Press to get information about the work of the ARITF as they have been um, busy this fall. Um, another group, uh, Task Force Season Continues, as we get an, op- uh, an update from the cooperation group who held um, an in-person meeting uh, right after Thanksgiving. And so we heard from Jared Wellman with a summary of that um, this I week.
1: I loved this line that, that Jared Wellman said. He said, the members of the task force are, quote, a collection of historians, constitutionalists, and theologians all mm-hmm. rolled into one. And I thought, well, that <laughs> sounds pretty fun. I would yeah. like to go to one of those meetings. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I would like, that sounds like a good time. Yeah. A, like some good conversation. He said they have had rich conversations and earnest discussions uh, toward researching for the group. And they're kind of inter- like exiting, I guess you would say, their mm-hmm. research phase. There right. Just before kind of taking a break for the holidays until January. But he said, we're ending the research phase, but it's become obvious that this was about more than research; it was a, que- a quest to grasp the essence of our past and how it shapes our now. Yeah. So interested to see what this group uh, comes up with and how they uh, maybe change um, the definition of how what of how we cooperate with each other or enhance it in some way or clarify it. Um, so I'll be I'll be interested to see what those historians, constitutionalists, and theologians can can come up with sort of at the annual meeting next year.
0: Well, you have to remember they are Southern Baptist historians, constitutionalists, and That's theologians. Right. And so they go from one R to the other, from research <laughs> to recommendation.
1: Oh, right? they have to, it That's has to right. be alliteration. There That's right. you
0: go. Yeah. So, good. so, so the, the, recommendations. and then they give a report. There yeah. you, bingo. <laughs> there you go. So, yeah. All right. Uh, very exciting story from the ERLC this week, partnering with IMB. To place an ultrasound machine in Southeast Asia, where uh, where the IMB is is also at work, and um, my goodness, Loved just such story. an encouraging story.
1: Loved this story. It's two entities coming together to do what they do. So we uh, maybe you don't know, but um, most of you probably do know that ERLC has a ministry called Psalm One Thirty Nine. Mm-hmm. That uh, essentially one hundred percent of money that comes in for this ministry goes to provide ultrasound equipment and training on that equipment at pro-life uh, pregnancy centers. Right. And up until very recently, those had all been in the United States, but this is now the second time an inter- uh, one has happened in another country. And this is the first time that they've actually partnered with IMB to do that. And so there were missionaries that are involved with the pro-life center in Southeast Asia. They, would, they needed an ultrasound machine for this center. And so ERLC provided one and provided the training for a tech to run the equipment. And, um, like you said, just really neat to see those two entities kind of doing what they do and doing it together.
0: Yeah. So Laura, do you remember, um, you, you have children, um, yes. we, we have children. Do you remember the first time you heard the heartbeat? Yes,
1: absolutely. It's yeah. life-changing. It is. And then seeing that picture, that the, uh-huh. there's a little person in there on the ultrasound. It's just It's astounding. And and the research does show that women that see that are much less likely to choose abortion. And so, such a powerful ministry.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Some encouraging news out of Southwestern this week as their Spanish department um, uh, under the direction of Mark McClellan. uh, They are equipping Hispanics in North America and all over the world. And um, they had some numbers to show the progress that they're making this week as they celebrated their graduation.
1: Yeah, pretty astounding. Uh, it's a record number of Hispanic graduates there at the in that program at Southwestern. 124 of the 336 graduates were Hispanic graduates, wow. which is just a—I mean—that's a huge chunk. Mm-hmm. Very, very exciting. And uh, McClellan, who you mentioned, Mark McClellan, he said it was just uh, a blessing to see, and he thanks God for his mercy and grace for this great achievement. Like, they're mm-hmm. just kind of blown away by the success of that program. They have students from all over the U.S., but also Puerto Rico, uh, all over South America, South America, Mexico, and Brazil. So yeah. pretty cool.
0: Yeah. Uh, while we're in the seminary lane, we also wanted to uh, just to pass along our condolences and prayers for the family of Jimmy Dukes and for those at New Orleans who are uh, celebrating and grieving together. Um, his homegoing, uh, Jimmy Dukes, who is a long time uh, that they call him a visionary and innovator at the That's seminary. Right. And you um, have
1: some experience with him, right? I do. Yep, I yeah. sure do.
0: Yep. I had some classes with Dr. Dukes when I was a student at New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he was 81 when he passed away on December the 4th. Um, he helped uh, establish the the highly successful prison theological education system that they've had that that has just um, it's just been transformative, uh, mm-hmm. n- not only for the seminary and for uh, the the specific um, prison there at Angola, but also I mean just for the state of Louisiana, it's made an impact. Really, um, and other so.
1: states have mm-hmm. patterned similar ministries. Other seminaries have patterned similar ministries at, yeah. in other federal prisons, and it's. That has had a huge impact. You're right, yeah. not just on the seminary, but on the whole world.
0: Yeah, yeah. So so ja- Jamie Duve just commended Dr. Dukes, giving over 40 years of his life in ministry to the school. He said he served with great integrity, humility, and servanthood devotion. Um, so um, yeah, that's a name I, I, I've heard a lot. So was, absolutely.
1: It was good yeah. to read about him again.
0: Yeah, and I can tell you from personal experience, he was also not afraid to push back on you in the classroom. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that sounds yeah. like a good story. I'll, That's right. I'll have to hear that. All
0: right. Yeah. All right. All um, right. So so celebrating Dr. Duke's homegoing. Um, also, Laura, we we've been keeping up with uh, Steve Gaines there at Bellevue, mm-hmm. and um and we we got an update this week on his cancer and on the treatment process that he and his wife Donna are pursuing. Um, mm-hmm. With the recent news of his kidney cancer,
1: they released a short video. On youtube just to hear a couple days ago and kind of giving an update he's going to have a port installed very soon so that he can receive chemotherapy and uh, they have found cancer not only now in his kidneys but now also in his lungs and so that is uh, not the best news but donna gaines was in the video and said the doctors despite that are still very encouraging that there's a new uh, regimen of three different medications that they plan to use that have shown to be very effective with his type of cancer. And so uh, they're very hopeful that this is going to be an effective treatment. And he will be going to MD Anderson just after the holidays to talk with doctors there and just to kind of confirm what treatment plan they're going to, to go with. But so despite maybe not good news, but not they they seem to be very optimistic. As absolutely, well. so, yeah. But continue so, to pray. Mm-hmm. They thanked everyone for their prayers. They said people have been fasting. People have been sending messages from all over, and they're so encouraged by that. Continue to to pray for the Gaines family.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Uh, also, want to give you an update on the uh, suit filed by Will McRaney against Nam. Um, we have a story in Baptist Press about that this week. On November the 30th, NAM filed their response to McCraney's appeal that he, fil- he filed back in late October. Um, And so that's one story. And then there's also another story uh, because the EC filed an amicus brief on December the 4th, supporting a recent decision uh, to dismiss the case. And so the brief filed with the U.S. Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals um, addresses Southern Baptist polity as well as the right of Southern Baptists in all religious bodies to remain free of government interference when it comes to matters of church government, as well as uh, those of faith and doctrine. And so that story is at Baptist Press. Both of those stories, I should say, are at Baptist Press. and We'd encourage you to go and to check those out. Uh, both very informative. Uh, Laura, earlier this week, we also heard from Lifeway, and uh, they they brought some interesting information to the table about churches and their Christmas programs.
1: Yeah, I thought this was super interesting. So mm-hmm. As somebody, both of us, are who are very involved at our churches and helping mm-hmm. plan these kind of programs and stuff, I always want to know what are other churches doing? You yeah. Know, like, are, am I? are we kind of normative what we're doing? Are we doing too many things, not enough things? Yeah. And so it kind of seems like most churches do about four Christmas events, like church-wide Christmas events. And there are about half of the churches, 49%, do some mm-hmm. sort of children's musical or drama. About 40% are doing a Christmas Day service, Mm -hmm. which I don't know how they're going to do that. Are they still going to have church on Sunday and then have church again the next day this year? I'm not really sure about that. So 40% of churches are doing that. And around 40% are doing uh, some sort of concert or Christmas musical or drama. About 10% are doing a live nativity. Um, and very few churches say that they don't have any additional events planned. Mm-hmm. In fact, only about two percent say that. So most churches do some kind of Christmas program. The average is about uh, four per church for different Christmas-related yeah. things. So yeah. that was it. Made me feel like okay, yeah, we're, we're about on track. That's about what we're doing. <laughs>
0: so, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. there was a little and, bit and more. And that people
1: it. love yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah. People, yeah. Go ahead.
0: Yeah, well, I was just going to say it's also encouraging. So uh, another section of of it talked about um, folks and their uh, enjoy listening to a choir singing Christmas songs. But I thought this was interesting. So it's 60% of those who were surveyed said they enjoyed listening to a choir. Um, 59% said they enjoyed listening to congregational singing. And then 57% said they enjoy participating in singing those you know singing christmas yeah. songs christmas carols so i mean really th- those who are there to listen want to participate um, right i mean it's just right there right for 57 to 60 percent and so um it really does go into the you know the best way to spread christmas cheer is singing <laughs> loud for all hear. i mean that's lifeway is now backing that up that's people, right want to, that's right people, people do want to i sing. thought it was
1: Right. There was not just what our church is doing, but there was also that, you're right, the component of the story that said, but what do the people want the churches to do? Yeah. And what do they enjoy? And they really do enjoy singing Christmas carols, hearing choirs sing Christmas carols, watching children portray the Christmas story, all of those things. Yeah. And people really enjoy those things.
0: Yeah. And singing themselves and, and the congregational That's right. singing. That's right. Yeah.
1: I would yeah. hope that my church, it would be more than 60% that would say they enjoy singing, but yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, well, maybe not. I should, probably shouldn't ask them. I might be sad to know. The
0: answer. <laughs> <laughs> well, so so, um, so many of these uh, these Christmas events give opportunity for outreach. Mm-hmm. And we also had a couple of stories this week about churches um, who the Lord has really blessed them um, as they and their endeavors in, in this line.
1: Yes. Uh First Baptist Church of Lawton, Oklahoma had a Christmas event, one of these very same kind of things. They had a living Christmas tree. They This is the 42nd year that, in a row, except for COVID, that they have done the living Christmas tree, but they did it an extra time. They normally only do it one weekend, and they did it an extra weekend this year so that they could invite mm-hmm. a bunch of soldiers from Fort Sill there in Oklahoma, and they had, I think, 700 soldiers come yeah. for the event yeah. and had 100 and 16, Decisions for Christ. Mm. They fed them a meal beforehand, they mm-hmm. had the service, and had an amazing response after the service. And uh, there's a great story in BP interviewing the pastor, Mike Hebone, who's one of our executive committee members. And he talks to just about what they did to prepare and what they did to how they're going to follow up now with these soldiers. And it was just a really... I mean, that's the kind of story you want to see. It was really yeah.
0: cool. The picture is so compelling of all it the, is all all of the service members sitting there in their in their uniforms um, as yeah. the as the presentations being made. So yeah, the auditorium um,
1: was packed. It was so yeah, cool.
0: Yeah, and then um, also uh, Upstate Church in Simpsonville, South Carolina, um, is also seeing the Lord moving there. Senior Pastor Wayne Bray said uh, that they they baptized 141 new believers on December the third.
1: Yeah, amazing story. He said, we've never seen anything like this at our church. They have several campuses. So this took took place across several campuses, but uh, they had just issued a challenge uh, to people who uh, maybe were already believers, but had never been baptized. And of course, a lot of new believers that needed to follow and take that step. And 141 people, really amazing story in BP this week. So yeah, I would encourage anyone to go read both of those. If you just need to get a little mood boost, go read those two. Stories.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, again, we want to thank Subsplash for being our presenting sponsor. Uh, you can get more information from them and also a discount if you're interested in uh, services from Subsplash by going to subsplash.com forward slash SBC. Uh, Laura, let's do our history moment.
1: Okay. It's not Christmas related, but it is kind of missions related. And mm-hmm. since we're in Lottie Moon Week, Week of Prayer Week, uh, this is kind of a missions related story. Mm-hmm. So this week, uh, this is not a Christmas-related story, but it is a missions-related story. And as we are here still in the middle of the Lottie Moon Christmas Offering Week of Prayer, um, this is the story that we're going with this week. This week in 1965... This is this the Dateline on this story in Baptist Press, Louisville, Kentucky, December eighth, nineteen sixty five. Uh-huh. A program to secure five million dollars in endowment funds for Southern Baptist Theological Seminary was announced by the directors of the seminary. Now, ten percent of that money, five hundred thousand, was going for it toward an endowment campaign for uh-huh. the Billy Graham Chair of evangelism and missions there yeah. at Southern Seminary, which was, I think, established a couple years before in 1963. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. So like 60 years ago, and then a couple years later, okay, we've established this chair and now we need to endow the chair. And so that was part of the money, but the other, uh, the rest of that $5 million was, was going to go toward renovations of the campus and uh, several other things. But I actually calculated it up. I Googled it $5 million in 1965 would be the equivalent of almost 50 million dollars wow. today. So that wow. almost 10 times. That is an astounding amount of money.
0: Yeah. Uh, big big goal.
1: It really a big goal, but it's really cool to think that that Billy Graham chair still exists and now in 1993, right, it's no longer just the Billy Graham chair. It is now the Billy Graham School of Missions Evangelism and Ministry. At Southern Seminary, which, according to their website, is the only school in the world named for Billy Graham. Yeah. So that was a very pivotal moment there in 1965 when they started raising money for that.
0: Yeah. Yep. So lots of hard work to get out there to have the vision for it to uh,
1: absolutely put plan
0: in motion and to to cast that vision and bring others along. So
1: yeah, what a very legacy! Good. Very cool. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Very good. Well, Laura, thanks so much. Another great episode of of SBC this week. Uh, uh, hold on. Well, Laura, thanks so much. Another great episode of SBC this week. So great to hear how the Lord is at work through His churches um, and and just accomplishing so much through the entities and and through Southern Baptist. And so, Absolutely. Um, yeah. And just
1: cooperation, you know, and entities working together and churches working together. And it's it's very it's very exciting to see. Uh, thank you very much. And uh, as always, don't take our word for it. All of these stories and a lot more at baptistpress.com.